Smith jumped over the fence to a neighbor's garden. He ran through it and into the shed, feeling the pounding in his head and the blood rushing through his ears. His eyes were filled with tears of fear. He could barely remember what had happened before because it all made sense now. He now knew what the rumors were about. He heard the fence break down, his pupils going wide. He could hear the sound of crunching grass, footsteps on the wet ground, and he fell silently. The damp footsteps got louder and louder, and his heart was beating too fast. He let out a loud scream just before he heard the shed door being broken down and passed out. It was 5 a.m. when Smith finished studying. He went down the stairs, he looked out the window. Rain once again. He let out a sigh as... He got at his dark gray coat and his muddy shoes on. He opened the door and walked outside, feeling the water plummet down on his hood. Can't let them down again. I have to go, even if I like it or not. He closed the door behind him and started walking down the street, which was surprisingly bare for a street outside London. He walked down the road, thinking about why his friends wanted him to meet up with him. At 6am, he got to the street his mate said he would wait for him on. Surely enough, they were standing there, James, Paul, and Rebecca. He decided to come this time. I guess that's good then. For once, James didn't always look on the negative side of an action, like he always does. Smith asked them why they called him to come and meet up with them. Well, you're the expert on all that fake psycho bullshit, aren't you? Paul always found a way to put swear words into one of his comments, as usual. Well, yeah. Smith was confused of why they got him to come over, yet them needing him and his knowledge of horrible stories and urban legends. We found an abandoned village near the outskirts of town. We thought you could try and bore us with your knowledge of ghost stories. Rebecca was nice, but yet sarcastic, which made her the outer jerk she always has been. Well, where is it then? Smith asked. This seemed interesting. So they started walking, and he easily knew that they were going to where they found it, so he caught up with them and followed them. Smith thought about what this village would hold, like a paranormal background story or something. Maybe at this village, slender shit would put someone on the barbecue, Paul commented, in an expression that was actually supposed to represent Smith's voice, sounding like someone who went through reverse puberty on helium. At 7.15, they arrived at the village, and Jesus, it looked bad. The houses were made out of wood and stone, the stone cracking, and the wood rotting and collapsing. Smith walked past the cobblestone wall, but what he saw was weird. Part of it was stained red in a liquid-like splash. Smith tried to swallow his inner stomach back down, hoping that it wasn't what he thought it was. They walked along the stone path, passing multiple broken structures and a, well, brown is what you see in shit. As Smith looked around, he started feeling a slight headache, and thinking it was nothing, he walked on, not caring about his head starting to thump. They walked up to what looked like an intact house. After you, Paul, it is ladies first, after all, Rebecca sniggering along with James. Shut the fuck up, or I will knock your teeth out. And Paul was starting to get angry here, but then he sighed and then turned the door handle. The door handle then broke off. Damn it! Alright, who wants to help me break this door down? James then came to the door and knocked it down, but then let out a scream. His eyes widened when he saw something horrible. Smith started to feel the thumping in his head again, and this time it was actually getting painful. A hung corpse of a woman swayed around, rotting inside the old house. She was decaying, fungus was also growing through her neck, and Paul threw up on sight. Holy shit. Rebecca stepped back, crying as if her family had just died. 
Then what happened next freaked Smith out. He thought he saw the corpse blink. When he saw this, he screamed, and so did Paul. The corpse then put its arm out, grabbing James. James was screaming in agony as the corpse's decaying, long, sharp nails pierced his wrist. He wept and hit the corpse's arm, grabbing at him. The arm fell off like it was jelly, making a disgusting splatter when it hit the ground. The corpse was hung still, swaying in the breeze, no movement whatsoever. Paul then got a cloth he had in his pocket, trying to wrap it around James's wrist. What happened next is horrifying. Fucking horrible. Smith then turned around, he saw a figure in the distance, and he looked at it more closely. Then his eyes widened in fear, and then the others turned around, gasping. The man was shirtless, stitches and holes running up his torso, going to his arms and his face. He was carrying what looked like a rusty hook. Blood smeared his face and his hands. He had no pupils, and his eyes were gray. He was staring at them in the distance. He's coming towards us, Paul said, trembling in fear. He was right. The mutilated man was staggering towards them. Then they ran. They were running away from a killer from the undead on the intent of killing them and most likely eating them, making a cannibal. Rebecca tripped, falling over. Her foot was stuck in barbed wire. Smith looked back, gasping in horror. He saw her looking up at the man, the man then sticking the hook right into her forehead, ripping it out and stabbing her again, and again, and again. Then he ripped her head off, her neck dangling from her head. At 8.20 a.m., Smith, Paul, and James then made it back to where they met. Let's go home before he sees us. But it was too late. Paul couldn't finish his sentence. The rusty hook that killed Rebecca was shoved through his back, sticking out of his chest. Smith and James ran, trying to decide where they could go. The thumping came back in Smith's head, hurting him so much it was agonizing. Smith turned and looked at James. Smith, wait for- Then the man threw the hook. It was insanely fast, and it hit James in the back of the neck coming through the other side of his throat. James fell to the ground, the man stamping on his head, breaking it. He then picked up his hook. That was all Smith could remember before he passed out when the man hit the shed. In the news, Smith was reported missing. Then, six months later, his, Paul's, James, and Rebecca's bodies were found, hanging inside the same intact house they found the hung woman. Police investigated and never returned. Later found out that... They came to the same exact fate as the others who saw the Taker.